welcome to the Midlife with Careers podcast. I'm your host, Kim Benoit, and every week I share stories of women just like you, amazing women over 40 who have found their courage to live life on their terms. These beautiful women have found the confidence to take on midlife like rock stars. They share their stories to inspire and encourage you to find your courage, build your confidence, and start living every moment. Remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please remember to show me some love and leave a review. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Midlife with Courage. I'm Kim Benoit, your host, and I'm so happy to have you here. I'm also very happy to have my guest here this week. Her name is Karen Rudolph. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thank you. It's an honor. Karen is a coach, a mentor, a teacher, and we're going to talk about that and what she does, Um, but we're first going to talk about her a little bit and her story. She's recently gone through something a little bit scary, and (laughs) we're going to talk about that and how she navigated that. But first, Karen, why don't you just tell us, um, like, where in the world are you, kind of what you're doing right now, and then we'll start talking about your, your story. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm in Sarasota, Florida. And I hit a global market, so I'm not limited to Sarasota, although I love it here. Um, I am, as you said, a coach and a mentor, and I like to call myself a life strategist because I look from a holistic point of view. I look from the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, been educated in all of that. And, you know, it's for me, it's play. So wonderful. Wonderful. And we have a shared, uh, I don't know, if it probably, it's more than a hobby, it, horses, because <laughs> you do use horses in your therapy, but you have your own as well. So yes. um, when we talked before, we had a we had a moment with our, our heart horses there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so let's let's talk about you and what your recent uh, journey to Costa Rica and tell us about why you were there and then what happened while you were there. Well, I got to a point where I wanted to expand myself, or at least I thought I was, but I ended up expanding myself in a whole different, (laughs) like usually we'll go, than we anticipate and expect. And um, I went, I signed up for a retreat in Costa Rica, not knowing anybody, but they were all, majority of them were from here in Sarasota. I didn't know them, but I thought, wow, what a great way to meet other people and get out of the house and do something fun. And one of the things that they were offering was horseback riding on the beach, which was one of my very favorite things to do. And because I'm a spiritual um, entity and I teach from that space as well, um, it was a group of spiritual individuals. And I thought, oh, how cool will this be? And of course I went down to Costa Rica and day two of my trip, that little voice said to me, as much as you love going horseback running on the beach and it's gorgeous down there, don't do it. Oh, and no. I, I allowed myself to be talked into, well, guilted into actually, and I know better, but I allowed myself to be guilted into, well, you know, the group is going and we signed you up and all of this. And I avoided listening to that inner voice. And, you know, that's the inner voice of truth. That's your inner GPS. So I know better, but I did it anyway. And uh, (laughs) as luck would have it, they gave me one of the tallest horses there. And as you said earlier, you know, I have horses, so it's not like I'm new to the experience or anything like that. And 
the horse took off and we went through the marshes and it was a beautiful day. And, you know, they come around the marshes onto the beach and all of a sudden everybody takes off and my horse goes to take off and I lean into it to go and then he stops. And I'm like, this is sort of strange and egg him on a little bit. And he does a couple of trots and then he stops. And I notice, you know, being the observer, I'm noticing that he keeps going off away from the water. And I'm thinking, this guy's feet are sore, you know, and the group is already gone. And I figured, okay, just enjoy the moment. Just try, you know, walking along with them, enjoying the moment. And the guide comes back to me and he says, is everything okay? And I said, well, you know, his horse's feet are really sore. And he says, oh yeah, we, he usually has shoes on. And oh, no. falling off. And I'm like, well, you think? Because the horse's hooves are made of the same material as our nails. And if they're in water, they're going to get soft. And of course, the frog of a foot, which is the underside of the horse's foot, can get infected and sore. So this guy was obviously, and there were stones on the beach, and he's obviously sore footed. And I'm not pushing that. You know, I won't do that to an animal. And the guy is like, come on, come on. And he takes off and I'm just walking. So we finally catch up to the group and the horse is now perky eared with, you know, cause they're herd animals. <laughs> he, uh, they go to take off again. And as we go to take off, the water hits his back feet and he goes spinning around, which I wasn't expecting. I go flying up in the air. Oh, no. <laughs> Not my most graceful moment falling on my butt. And it was surreal. It was just a surreal moment in time because it was like I was shaking it off, obviously in shock. I'm looking down at my feet, which are now getting splashed by the ocean waves. And it's like, I can't move my feet. Yeah. Oh, like, no. What, man, like, what the heck, you know? <laughs> and I'm looking over to the side at the group. And all of a sudden it was like in slow motion. I'm seeing one of the girls jump off her horse and she's flying over to me but it was like in slow motion like oh in the and I'm looking at this go and because it wasn't just comprehending it was like it comprehended I can't move my legs and my feet but at the same token it was just like surreal you know so they helped me into the car and two hours over bumpy roads in Costa Rica to the nearest hospital and all I kept thinking was I broke my hip I broke my hip you know, and, you know, dang, dang, you know, mm. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. So you don't was, speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. Oh, no. One of the drivers spoke English. So he took me to the hospital. He translated for me, but then he had to go. And there I was going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I just had to surrender. I had to surrender to it because I knew I broke my hip. The doctor spoke English, thank goodness. You know, most of the staffs all spoke Spanish. So, you know, we made the most of it. I sort of semi understood, but didn't really. And they're having me sign forms and all this other stuff. And it's all in Spanish. And I'm like, trust, just trust, you know. Oh, wow. And you're a nurse too, right? Yeah, I'm a nurse yeah. by trade. Yeah. I haven't practiced for a while, but yes, yeah, I same. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure you were like, all this stuff was happening and you're like, okay, I don't understand what I'm signing, but I'm signing anyway. <laughs> and, you know, as a nurse, you're like, no, we have to make sure our patient understands everything that they're <laughs> signing. And right. nope, that, that was not the priority probably. No, but what came across loud and clear, interesting enough, I was wearing a pair of jeans and it was probably one of the only pair that fit me really well. <laughs> and they were like, we got to cut your jeans off. I'm like, no, you got to save the jeans. You gotta save. 
peel them off. I know my leg is swelling, but peel them off. And they did. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I needed, that was my little bit of comic relief in the hole, you know? Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And you had quite extensive injuries. Yeah, I did. Correct. I yeah. ended up, you know, the next day they took me to surgery. So I have a titanium rod in my left hip. The femur actually snapped off and uh, I get the chills. Just yeah, I bet. <laughs> so I have three um, screws, rather large screws in my leg holding the rod in place. I fractured my right pelvis and um, compressed my the discs in my back. <laughs> so it's wow. been a journey. I bet. So I just, I can't imagine, first of all, having those injuries. And then on top of it, you're in a foreign country where you don't speak the language. So in, but And you had to really advocate for yourself as far as your care. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank goodness for my training and thank goodness for what I do, because all of a sudden everything started coming together. I had once taken a core, I, I'm a communicator and I teach communication skills and such. And um, one of the things that I remember in this course that I took was saying it was a um, management and leadership course. And in that course, they had said, when you sign up, like you can, once you do this course, you can drop yourself anywhere in the world and you'll be able to create a team. And, and, and I always like poo-pooed it off. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know? And, and sure enough, I was so grateful for that training because I got into action immediately and I started, you know, I had time to contemplate. I don't speak the language. So I'm there by myself in the hospital bed in a lot of discomfort, I must add. I started thinking in between the waves of discomfort, like, who do I know? You know, I called the consulate the next day. They couldn't help me. They would only support me with the, um, you know, making an air flight out. Sadly, I didn't get insurance. So the biggest takeaway is always get insurance. And with all the global travel that I've done and all the speaking I've done around the world, I always got insurance. I don't know what where I was not thinking in this particular, but I didn't. But had I got insurance, they would have been able to air flight me out. The air flight out was anywhere from twenty-three dollars to $48,000. So that was out of the question at the moment. Uh, so I called the consulate. I called um, a friend that uh, well, used to work for Air Angels, I think it was called. So when I told him my story, he started expanding my team. So he was my one of my first team players. And then we know people, know people, know people, right? Six degrees of separation. So I just started asking people. And I foc my focus was not to stress because coming from a nursing perspective, coming from a holistic perspective, um, your body's always talking and the stress is a, is a killer. So knowing that it was like the last thing I wanted to do was stress, all I wanted to do was focus on the healing. So I turned all of it over to my team created a team. So I had a, a team in Miami. I actually did not think I knew anyone in Costa Rica and somebody ended up showing up for my mastermind group. And she came to see me an hour and a half away and we'd never met. And wow. um, yeah, so she was giving me a little support from that perspective of being in Costa Rica and she spoke English, which was wonderful. And um, then somebody mentioned to me American Express. And even though I did not pay for my trip using my American Express card, American Express was very supportive. They have a medical, international medical emergency team. So I called them and they were supporting me in communicating to the doctor, communicating to the airlines, supporting me in figuring out how to get home. 
And originally when it first happened, the doctor wanted me going home with a nurse and that would have been uh, paying for her air flight first class, as well as my own air flight first class, as well as waiting for her to come from the States to Costa Rica because they didn't have anybody in Costa Rica to support me. And being in that section of Costa Rica, the flight was only once a week. So oh, no. every day, you know, the hospital, every third day, they'd come in with their hand out going, okay, you got to pay, you got to pay. So it cost me 35 grand cash to wow. just the hospital and the surgery and the ER and all the other stuff. And my um, medical insurance would cover two days of hospital stay and the surgery and the ER. And that was it. But of course I had to meet my deductible and it was January of this year. So oh, no. I hadn't met my deductible yet. So it was like a wash, but it was just like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting part of it, it honestly was I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's not like 35 grand is, is an easy, like, you know, I just have it on hand. Let's just do this. It was more or less surrendering to what was mm -hmm. and trusting the process and just going, okay, you know, it's energy. Let it go. It'll come back. Let it go. It'll come back. Your health, your health, your, your healing. And that's really, it was such a change. Uh, it, it became a very cathartic um spiritual experience for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and um a growth it was a huge growth experience for me yeah I was gonna say how how has that changed you now I mean that's it's months out of that how has that changed you at all absolutely I, yeah. how can it not I mean I'm right. still to walk again you know I mean it's, <laughs> you know my life has slowed me down a lot so I'm always looking for like what's the message what's the learning and, you know, when I'm, when I'm always coming and teaching clients, you know, your body is always talking, what's your body saying? And I'm always doing it for them. And I had to stop and pause for myself and say like, what, what the heck? And hips are usually about safety. And I was like, I feel safe. Like, you know, what's that about? And when I started thinking about it, right, ironically, here's how the universe goes full circle. The, you know, after COVID, things changed because I did a lot of work. I do a lot of trauma clearing alongside the horses here in Sarasota. And then I do a lot on Skype and Zoom as well. And uh, then all of a sudden COVID and I had broken my foot during COVID. So I had surgery for that. So I was out of commission for a while. So the money was, you know, I wasn't generating like I was prior and uh, I was focusing on healing. And then on top of that, now I had to put 35 out. But it, like I said, it was like something shifted. It was like surrender. And I remember looking out the window in Costa Rica as I'm laying there and what looked like a mountain for me was actually their volcano, but it looked like a mountain. And I just remember being a spiritual being and being a, um, a healing minister as well. It was like, okay, you know, I remember reading biblically, you know, when you get to the mountain, you know, you can always go, you'll get through it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how the heck does that work? You know, and <laughs> I know, you know, and I'm just like, do you go around it? Do you push through it? You know, like, how the heck are you going to like, you know, but, yeah. and then I remember looking down at my feet and saying, wants to be in the, being here now, be in the moment. And if I keep, being in that moment, it's one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other. And then right, 
you know, so that certainly shifted my my way of being because I knew I actually got over the mountain, you know, by creating team, being in communication. I couldn't speak the language, as I said. So thank goodness for apps. So we'd be, wait a minute, wait a minute. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, blah, blah, blah. technology so, is good. <laughs> you know, but we made it fun. It was playful. And the benefit was I started learning Spanish, you know, and sure. um, um, they were very caring, very compassionate. Uh, so it wasn't a horrible experience. Yes, I was there alone. But again, I didn't feel disconnected. I never felt alone. Um, during the course of the time I was there, my old rescue horse died. And I get the phone calls saying, you know, he can't get up. He can't get up on his feet. Uh, he's not walking and it's time to put him down. And all I remember is I'm holding the phone. I'm looking at my feet saying, oh my God, I can't move my feet. And the and, the, and I was like, get out of your head, Gary. You're going to walk again. You're going to walk again. And it was just like, they're not going to put me down, please. <laughs> this is not going to get me down, but it's amazing where your, your mind goes. Yeah. Yeah. It goes to those places sometimes if we let it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but oh gosh, I just think it's amazing what you've gone through and how you, I love how you just, you surrendered. First of all, most of us would be like, gotta fight this. I gotta do this. And that just, I mean, I'm clenching my fist here as I'm saying that, like we want to just fight against it. And, um, but that surrendering is such a beautiful thing, I think, because good things happen when you do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that I teach and I'm a huge advocate is, is there's a difference between responding and reacting. And most of us are trained to react. Mm -hmm. When you're reacting, you're in your head. When you're responding, you're coming from heart. I teach coming from heart. I believe in, I come from heart. Um, keeps me tranquil that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember getting, you know, listening to all this stuff and I'm like, no, I'm not going to listen to this chatter. I'm going to let the, the, the universe support me. I'm going to let my team support me more importantly. And then, um, I remember them coming in from the hospital and saying, okay, you owe another like seven, whatever hundred dollars. And, and I'm thinking, God, if I have to stay here another week at seven, whatever day, you know, that's going to really wipe me out in no time. Yeah. And if I wait for a nurse to come, you know, and that's when I became, I, I just remember going within and I went, no, I can do this. I'm going to go home by myself. I'm going to get on the plane by myself. So I called American Airlines and I'll give them a shout out every single time. They were wonderful because I called Delta. My original flight was there going down Delta and Delta will only let you bring the wheelchair to the door, but you're required to get up out of the wheelchair and walk to your seat. So oh, no. I called, there was one, one seat left on American Airlines in first class. And thank goodness it was right by the door. And I remember calling them up and I said, I got online and before I booked this flight, I've got a fit to fly from my doctor, uh, but here's what I need. So it was really clear, concise communication. And that's what I teach, right? So I practice what I teach. So I called them up and I said, I need a wheelchair from the ground, from the taxi to the transportation to get me back to uh, Sarasota from Miami. And, um, I need not just that, but I need somebody to lift me or a wheelchair from the wheelchair to get to the seat. Is that something you could support me with? And I said, they said, oh yeah, absolutely. Not only did they pick me up at the at the grant at the taxi cab, 
they had someone stay with me the whole four hours. The plane was an hour delayed. The guy stayed with me for the extra hour. I was teaching him English. He was teaching me Spanish. We were opening the apps and playing. And, you oh, know, wow. so it was just like, it wasn't a horrible experience. No, what horrible, what I don't even want to call it horrible. The experience for me that was challenging was, mind you, I couldn't walk. I had a walker with me at this point. So I had a weight bear. And as a nurse, I'm sure you know, and you have a broken, if they, if you do a hip replacement, they get you up right away. Mm-hmm. This was a little more than a hip replacement. Right? <laughs> they still want you up right away. But for the fracture, it's three weeks bed rest, at least here in the States. So my mind is going, which way do I go? Which way do I go? If I put weight on it, or if I, I would ask my mind to move my right foot, it was just doing one of these and it wasn't lifting up. And I was like, oh my God, I got to go to the bathroom. I was in a diaper. Oh, I'm no. gonna, you know, I can't ask this guy to come into the bathroom with me and change my diaper. You know, so I just said, okay, feet, you're going to do this. And I got on the airplane and I knew it was a three hour flight from Costa Rica back to Miami. And I said to the stewardess, I was the first one on the plane. I said to the stewardess, you know, and it was just like from here to the cockpit where the, you know, would you support me in getting there? And she, she immediately did this. Oh, we can't do that. And Uh, I went, hey, you're going to do it. And I did it. And I don't know how I did it, but I stood up in a little (laughs) compartment and I said, I can't sit because if I sit, I'm not going to be able to get up. I don't have the walker in there. It's too narrow. So I stood there and I changed my diaper and it was like, you learn humility on a whole nother level, especially when guys are changing you and cleaning you and bathing you and, you know, and it was like, you'll do this. And I did it. And there was a moment of pride, like, wow, like, you know, I did this. And I got it. (laughs) If I did this, it gave me the encouragement to keep going and not feel sorry for myself. I don't remember ever feeling sorry for myself. Um, I felt more sorry that my horse died and I wasn't there than feeling so that it was cathartic because as I was crying for him, I was also crying for myself. Sure. Get back to Miami and they took me, American Airlines got me right through in a wheelchair. I mean, I was like the first online for customs. It was beautiful. And I found a ground transportation that would allow me to lay horizontally. Sitting for eight hours was excruciating. It was tough because it's all that pressure on your pelvis. So I had arranged for transportation where I could lay down for the four hours back to Sarasota. And I went to Sarasota Memorial where that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) Just being an advocate for myself and, you know, being safe. That was my number one priority. And so today you are walking. Do you still use the walker? No, I'm off the walker. I'm now the walking stick. Okay. And uh, physical therapy came to my house up until last week. And I said, this isn't working for me. If you don't open your mouth and ask for what you want to need, you're never going to get it. I said, I want my goal. My vision is to see myself walking again, see myself as I was prior. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I start gaining my strength back. So I started, I'm able to drive now. My right foot is working. My left is still on slow-mo, but uh, so I get into the therapy pool and every day I've been going and doing my own physical therapy in the pool. And the only thing I can't 
I haven't been able to do is doing the resistance aspect of it. So I'm doing the strength, I'm doing the stretching. So I said, okay, what's next? Okay, Karen, you know this. So I called the physical therapy place here in town. It happens to be right around the corner from my house. Thank nice. you. And they have a therapy pool there. So I'm going for my first session today. Okay. And I'll go three days a week for six weeks. And my goal is to get my balance back and start moving without the gimp. And, you know, yeah, yeah. before I have to have the other <laughs> replacement on the other hip now. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. What a journey that's been. Oh, my it's goodness. Been. And it's not over yet, but you're you're doing very well. I think I, I'm amazed. Um, so tell us about your coaching and your mentor. Have you been able to keep th that up while you've been yeah. recovering? So tell I, us about that. What yeah. do you do and who do you serve? Yeah, thank you. I actually, um, I serve successful uh, women uh, leaders and, you know, of course, men squeak in there. I don't turn myself off. To <laughs> but interestingly enough, I do a lot of collaborative work as well. And while I was collaborating with a gentleman we were doing in January, um, uh, finding your voice, you know, I do a lot of uh, that sort of like, you know, discover, rediscovering who you are through speaking, you know, so practicing what you preach. Mm -hmm. And I did, I called it chakra, clearing your chakras. And he was a uh, voice coach. So we did this collaborative and I did the session from the hospital bed in Costa Rica. And when I got back, I just haven't stopped because while I was there, what I really got, it was an hour and a half masterclass. And while I was doing masterclass, not once did I think about the pain, not once did I think about being uncomfortable. And I thought, well, if this is so for me now, how's it going to be when I get back? So I'm able to sit for shorter periods, you know, shorter periods of time. So I'm still doing that. I'll get up, I'll move, I'll lay down, I'll come back to it. So I'm working more on a, um, a limited basis, but I'm still doing what I do. And I love it. You know, it feeds my soul. So when I work with women leaders, they're looking to build um, their self-confidence and they're open to optimizing their communications to feel more powerful and effective speaking to their teams so they can grow in their businesses and serve more clients. So it, it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing on the 25th, which is a Tuesday evening uh, coming up here in April on um, um, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's like find your voice to empower your teams, effective communication for women leaders. So I speak about it all the time. You know, I may change the name, but it's always along that line because we want to expand your, you know, most people don't know how to, create boundaries. Uh, most successful women do know that. However, we forget. We forget who we are. So it's creating your, it's a, you know, looking at the patterns. What are our patterns that aren't working for us, right? Because there's so much stuff going on in the subconscious mind. Uh, expand your time. You know, we have limited time. And when you're so focused on being busy, 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 it's like our self-care gets put second. So I look from that. So it's expanding your time, your energy, uh, empowering your teams. Uh, I worked with a team in the um, Jacksonville Sheriff's Department here in, in, Jack in Florida, excuse me. And, um, you know, we worked from a space of harmony. So I do a lot of hands-on uh, visual context. So people get the concepts a lot quicker than just that linear 
kind of left brain thinking. I use whole brain thinking. So I've spoken in front of groups internationally. And um, I know I made a huge impact in South Africa for their education system uh, down there. It was actually an awesome presentation. It was like, it surprised myself for that one. But as somebody just brought it up to me a couple of days ago, like, remember when you did this, can you speak to it some more? Cause we're still having challenges here. So it just keeps inspiring me to lift myself to lift others. Um, you know, and expand. The more I expand, the more I, you know, I grow so I can give back more. So, you know, we all want that personal freedom and a greater sense of peace within, you know, finding that tranquility within. Had I not gone through my trainings and the experiences that I've gone through, this would have been a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so the breath work, you know, I teach the breath work as well. You know, you centering yourself. So, when I was down in Costa Rica and this was happening, it was like, what the heck? Breathe, breathe, breathe. You know, and it was like reminding myself to breathe through it. And, you know, for many moms out there, and, you know, we learned breath work with Lamaze, you know, it served me my whole life after my kids are grown. <laughs> God, it's really um, supporting, lifting people. Being, I want to say I'm the wind beneath their wings Wonderful. and I'm, you know, really taking them through their journey. as a journey guide, you know, one of their journey guides. Sure. I love it. Tell us where we can find you if the listeners would like to get in touch with you and learn more about you. Um, Mm -hmm. You have a website, I know. I know, (laughs) www.tranquilsolutions at soul, S-O-U-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. Karen at Tranquil Solutions. I'm Karen Rudolph, R-U-D-O-L-F on Facebook. I'm Karen Rudolph on Instagram. And um, no, I'm Karen Rudolph on LinkedIn and Tranquil Solutions on Instagram. Awesome. Well, we will put all those links in the show notes so people um, have it an easier way of getting to you. Um, Before we say goodbye, Karen, is there any one last little nugget of information or any idea you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Always. (laughs) (laughs) I figured. <laughs> Always. So I like to say that I change human perception. And what I mean by that is when you change the way you look at things, the way you look at things change. Right. So when we think things are, in my case, like, you know, overwhelming and challenging, they don't have to be. They can be what you choose, right? Choice is a powerful tool. Choose to make them to be. And you have the power within you. Just reach for it and get support. I couldn't have done this journey alone. I oh, I have a coach. I have always had a coach since my divorce and it has just taken me to the next level always. So wonderful. Wonderful information. Good advice. Um, I feel like we could just keep talking. Maybe we'll have you come back again and we can talk about some other things too. But um, thank you thank so you. much for thank sharing you. your story. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye for now. for listening to this episode of Midlife with Courage. I hope that it has inspired and motivated you to live your best life. I'm Kim Benoit, a retired registered nurse, a wife, a mom, and now a certified aromatherapist. To learn more about my story and to get some tools to help you on your health and wellness journey, please go to my website, www.midlifewithcourage.com. 
You'll find lots of great information there. And if you would like to, go ahead and subscribe to my newsletter so that you are always up to date on what's happening. I promise not to bombard you. I usually send out a newsletter once, maybe twice a month. So check that out. Until next time, take care of your beautiful self, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.